Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Chelsea Handler. Welcome to Life Will Be the Death of Me, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, Brandon. Hello, Chelsea. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. Seems uh, like we never get quality time together anymore. I know. It's so nice when I can just finally gaze into your eyes. Isn't it? Mm. Mm. You've been spending a lot of time in Utah this summer, Brandon, actually. I and have. is there something you need to tell me about coming out as a Mormon? Well, most Mormons don't come out. Oh. They in, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So, no. Well, that sounds like a double whoopsie doopsie, if you ask me. Just might be. Uh, but you've been on the road, so I've had time to explore. And when we went to Park City, I just fell in love with Utah, so I've been... I know. We're going to ski again next year, too. I can't wait. You have to get us a house in Austria for a month. Don't forget. Understood. Airbnb. Okay. Anyway, back to business. We're going to play my show from Portland, where I was interviewed by another author named Courtney Hameister, who was awesome. And this was the series of shows that made me realize, oh, I want to turn this into stand-up. Which is interesting because you never thought you'd do stand-up again. Yes, we've said that. Have we? I think so. Well, sounds like that's a double whoopsie doodle. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's so nice. Thank you, Portland. Hi. This is called room temperature water because I fucking abhor room temperature water. And I wish people would stop handing it out on planes. And Dasani, Dasani, I don't want Dasani water. That's Coca-Cola, okay? I want ice cold water with a lemon. Anyway, room temperature water. There was a time in my life when astrology and psychics, not to be confused with physics, fascinated me. But as a general rule, I think it's all a bunch of bullshit. Meditation seems to work for some people while medication works for others, which explains why it's very difficult for me to sit still with my eyes closed for any length of time without Rohypnol. (laughs) 
I'm all for people being spiritual, but I'm leery of anyone who mentions it more than once in a single sitting. Unless, of course, one is on a spiritual retreat, which I hope to God I never will be. <laughs> if there even is a God, jury's out on that one too, at least until the rapture. An event I'm convinced will end up taking place at the Hollywood Bowl. I believe in spirituality as a component of your lifestyle. The problem is that spiritual people can sometimes be giant assholes. Madonna doesn't make me want to practice Kabbalah. She makes me wonder what on earth she has on them that they are willing to let her be their most famous brand ambassador. At least Tom Cruise is a good frontman for Scientology because he seems nice, but obviously he's out of his fucking tree too. I feel spiritual when I'm on mushrooms. I'm not into rocks and crystals and chakras and healers. I just think everyone is looking for something and it seems like some people will just settle on the first ray of sun or glimmer of hope they bump into. Los Angeles is a very tricky place for vulnerable people. Hourly, you will hear words like gratitude, universe, and manifest, and terms like micro panic attack. <laughs> and artisanal deodorant. <laughs> it is a place consumed with trends and fads and avocados and kale, but everything has a shelf life. There will be a point when the women and gay population of Los Angeles will turn their backs on avocados and kale, claiming they both cause cancer and erectile dysfunction, <laughs> only to turn their attention towards some new colonic hydrotherapist mystic who convinces everyone that a steady diet of fried calamari is the new anti-inflammatory food for the ages. It will quickly appear on the menu of upscale restaurants, and then there will be stores selling prepackaged fresh calamari for $11 a serving. It's hard to take anything or anyone seriously after a while. And I'm a cynic, but I've even gotten roped in. I've been in Los Angeles for over 20 years now, and I've you know, been taken to a retreat where I was like, whoa, 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 this was a mistake, you know what I mean? You go to a retreat in the woods of Topanga Canyon, because some actress that you're friends with is like, yes, do this retreat. There's going to be a sound bath. And you're like, what is a sound bath? It's like a DJ in the bath. What is that? It sounds awesome. Are there going to be drugs? Yes, there'll be drugs. All right, I'll go. I will go. And I'll take any drug. I am all for it. Like, I am a garbage can. Give me anything and I'll tell you how it feels. I can take it, I'm strong, I, I feel like I'm built for the apocalypse. But there was a drug at this retreat. There were two groups of women, and one of them were like becoming unclothed, and it was, everyone was sweating, and I was like, I didn't like the looks of where that was going. You know? It looked like everybody was going deep in the woods for a finger blasting ceremony. And I was like, I don't think so, buddy. You're not gonna trick me twice. <laughs> no, sorry. I know what you're gonna do with those broccoli spears, you sick bitches, and I'm not into it. And I've done ayahuasca, I've documented it. I did a special about drugs for a Netflix. 
Thank you, thank you. Um, where I've done ayahuasca in Peru with a shaman. Like, you know, people get diarrhea when they do ayahuasca. People vomit. I went through that two nights and was aces. Like, I know how to take drugs, okay? Nobody shat their pants on that night. Not me. My shaman did twice and didn't even go to the bathroom, just stayed in his jeans. But I didn't let that affect me either. I got high that night and I had a beautiful imagery, visuals, I'll never forget it. At this t retreat, sound bath, whatever, you know, I, I, once I got there, I was like, this is a mistake, you gotta get out of here, you know, and there was two groups. One group was going to the woods, you know, with the broccoli and the other group was doing this, something from a frog. 5-DMT or 5-DMO or something. So this woman lies me down. She's like, okay, you know, you're gonna smoke this. And then I'm like, yeah, give it to me already, all right? This place is the worst. Where are I was like, where is the thing to smoke? Because I'm ready, I'm ready. I was like the first one there. And so she says, take a hit. And I took a hit and I have been under, you know, I've taken mushrooms, I've taken acid. I took my SATs on acid, which is why I never went to college. You know, I have a lot of history with this stuff. And I, I took it and I was like, <laughs> I, got, I thought for sure, I was like, oh my God. I looked at the woman and I was just immediately sweating, ripping my clothes off, you know, just like tearing them off. And then she's like, you can hold my hand. I'm like, bitch, make this stop. I'm in a matrix. All I could see was like geometric patterns and I was so hot. And you know, before she asked me what my intention was, I was like, I don't have one. Just, I'll tell you after. <laughs> Meanwhile, you need to have one. And I had taken my clothes off and I looked down and I was like just sweating and I had my underwear left, but it was nude underwear. So I thought I was naked and somebody had shaved my beaver. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I looked at her and I'm like, did you shave my beaver? And <laughs> She's like, no, sweetie, no, sweetie. She's like, just breathe. I'm like, this is a, it's a wrap on this. I don't like this at all. And I'm a tough girl. That's what I said to her. I'm like, I'm a tough girl. And this is too much. And then I had to get dressed in front of her, you know? Like, you come out of it. I, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. I'm like, you're not gonna die. You're not gonna die. You have brain damage now, yes. <laughs> you are going to have to deal with having brain damage because something just attacked you. So when you get your shit together and you get in your car, I want you to really think about this trip. <laughs> so I've done a lot of drugs, okay? And I've fallen for it too, like the bullshit. So I'm hip to all of that. And I assumed therapy and meditation were all in the same bucket as chakras and, you know, broccoli stalks. <laughs> anyway, I needed to talk to someone, but I was embarrassed that I needed to talk to someone. I had spent years skirting the issue of therapy based on the fact that my life was working out pretty well, minus an emotionally stable relationship with someone of the opposite sex. <laughs> to anyone who would query, I would say, I'm better off single. I don't want to be tethered to anyone. I'm not a relationship girl. My most recent favorite line was, I'm just more high functioning as a single person, obviously. <laughs> After all, if 90% of people were in relationships, then clearly I was special if I had somehow managed to avoid one. <laughs> Every therapist I saw before I reached the age of 42 made me feel like I was running in place. I'd go for a period of time and then I would eventually get bored. Often I knew I was running circles around them. Some therapists were just not the right fit and some of them were good but felt more like enablers than instructors and I wanted to be taught how to be a better at being a whole person. 
I wanted to break my pattern of ending friendships and relationships on a dime because someone did something that I found unforgivable. I'd go to therapists for like a few weeks and then I'd be like, this guy seems easy to manipulate. And then one day, I mean, if you're a girl, that's your currency, how to manipulate men, you know? And if you're a guy, we know what your currency is. I once had a therapist and I was like, I, finally one day my assistant Karen, who's now my tour manager, who's here tonight, I said, I can't go today, I'm, just, I'm not in the mood, would you just, you go. And then, <laughs> like the next week I was like, you know what, I could go again, please. And on the third week I was like, how's it going? <laughs> Is he helping you? And she's like, no, I've been talking about your problems. I thought I was supposed to be talking about you. So I had an episode of my last show on Netflix where I interviewed a neuropsychiatrist named Dan Siegel. He'd written several books on developing brains, including one that focused on adolescent brains. I wanted to know when brains develop, you know, at what, what age you learn the most, whether it's possible to increase your IQ, and at what age drugs and alcohol do the most damage in terms of slowing down your learning process. The last question I slipped in about three or four times throughout the conversation until I finally got the answer I was looking for, which was that my brain had fully developed before any brain damage had occurred. This was before that frog urine. And that any extracurricular activities I was up to were just fine. At least that's what my takeaway was. Our first few sessions consisted of Dan guiding me through meditation, after which I would spend the rest of the time bitching about Donald Trump and what a piece of shit he was. I was paying somebody hundreds of dollars an hour to complain about Donald Trump, which seemed like the exact right move. <laughs> I would have paid him double. I definitely paid for far worse in my life. I knew people were getting sick and tired of my anger directed toward the election and the daily horrifying cabinet appointees and Ivanka and her veneers and that schmuck Jared and that evil witch bitch they called a press secretary. I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that Sarah Suckabee Sanders and Ivanka Trump had no morality and, or sense of obligation to the very sex they inhabited to stand up and say, no more. I needed someone to help me harness my anger into something positive. In our third session, Dan asked me about my childhood. Oh, just the usual bullshit. My parents were kind of lame. I have five brothers and sisters, one of whom died when he was 22, and my mom died a few years ago. I don't really have any sense of time, so it could have been 10 years ago or five years ago. My dad's dying. Hopefully that will happen soon. <laughs> and then I looked at him and I said, I'd rather really talk about right now. Like, what can I do right now? We talked about my personality for a while and he introduced me to this like personality test called an Enneagram, which some of you may know about. And when we found out what my number was, I was like, okay, I'm an eight, tell me what the eight's weaknesses are because I'm trying to get better, I'm really impatient, I have problems doing things for myself, I'm like infantilized and I just have to grow up a little bit. And I said, what's an eight's weakness? And he said, lack of empathy. And I was like, huh? Like a Republican? <laughs> I, 
I had to think about the difference between empathy and sympathy. I can be too sympathetic to people. I'm a sucker for a sob story, and I will lavish sympathy on any stranger who needs a hand. But empathy? I had to talk that through with him. I said, empathy and sympathy, what's the distinction exactly again? Sympathy is feeling bad for someone or for their situation. Sympathy is more like pity. Empathy is imagining what it's like to be in that person's shoes, thinking about what it feels like to be another person, and the understanding of their experiences and outlooks, and know that they may be unlike your own. Actually thinking about what it's like to be them. Dan asked me about those instances when I show up for people I care about, and if while I'm doing it, I think about what it feels like to be in that person's predicament. The answer was no. <laughs> I had never thought about that. I went to someone's bedside or doorstep or lay in bed with any of my friends who needed a friend in order to do one thing, and that was to fix the situation, to show up repeatedly, time and time again. Whenever that happens, my sympathy was in full gear, but rarely, if ever, do I consider what it's like to be that person in that moment. I want to wrap their injury and patch them up. I never stop showing up, but I don't put myself in their shoes. Often we think we're showing up for someone when really all we're doing is showing everyone how great we are at showing up. Lack of empathy, that hit me over the head. Yes, that's it. I don't have any empathy. That's how I feel about people who like room temperature water. Some people don't care about the temperature of their drink or the quality of their eyes. I don't understand those people. Like when flight attendants hand out that room temperature Dasani water, I want to throw it out the airplane window. I've always looked sideways at this community of humans who are okay with room temperature water, or God forbid, prefer it. Or people who like pineapple on their pizza, or for that matter, any other hot food with pineapple on it. Fuck off. Rosemary annoys the shit out of me too. But everybody else seems to fucking love it. Then again, I love cilantro and people can have a visceral reaction to that and I don't get that at all. How could anyone hate cilantro? It feels like I just need to meet more people who hate rosemary as much as I do. But mostly everything and everyone at some point ends up annoying me. And now I know why. Because I'm not thinking about them. I've gone through my life failing to understand why people have different reactions to things than I do. Lack of empathy made total sense. This was a door opener, it was a game changer. I was like, whoa, 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 all right, now what? How do I get it? Can I buy it? <laughs> I spent the next few weeks recalling one instance after another where I now recognize my lack of empathy. I had been in London with one of my best friends who happens to be a gay man. We went to see the movie, do you remember Call Me By Your Name? Five minutes in, I leaned over irritated and asked, is this a gay love story? <laughs> yes, he hissed incredulously. I hadn't known what the movie was about going in and I was taken by surprise. Oh my God, you're so selfish. <laughs> I replied while I shoveled popcorn down my throat. The ludicrousness of my comment hit us both at the same time and we started laughing so disruptively we had to remove ourselves 10 minutes into the movie. Gay people have had to sit through straight people's stories since the beginning of time. Had I ever thought about that? Nope. Lack of empathy was everywhere I went. This was an exciting development. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm going to bring out an author of a very, very funny book that I read that came out last year called Okay, Fine, Whatever. Please give a very warm welcome to Courtney Hummeister. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Cheers. Oh, yes. Cheers. Cheers to everybody else who's here tonight. So nice that it's Thursday. Everything's just getting started. There's vodka in this. There's vodka in it. Do you find actually that um, because you're kind of doing this work and you are less annoyed by people that you need to self-medicate less? <laughs> no, I, I think that's I enough. Self, I, self, I never thought I would be one of those girls or one of those people that would just wake up and, and smoke or take, a, take an edible. I do do that. Now, because I do, yeah, I'm turning into a, like, I'm not into the alcohol right now, I'm into the weed. Um, but it's not the same thing. I can't get away with that shit anymore. I can't yeah. just drink a bottle of vodka and look okay in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't look okay in the morning. I look rough, and I, I care about the way I look, you know? Yeah. I'm not that cool. <laughs> right. I wish I were. Well, nobody's that cool. That's the thing. Like you yeah, can be, nobody's that you cool. can be that's 50 cent and I wish we you could drink just... a bottle of vodka, you're still going to feel like ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Was that a 50 cent joke? <laughs> no, I was just, I was... <laughs> no, I was just, he was a cool person that I was referencing, but I forgot that you had sex with him. <laughs> um, no, no, don't gloss right over that. Let's talk about the sex. <laughs> 
Let's get into it. Can you? Can can you talk no, about the no, sex? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not because, but I I don't really. He was a very. Shh, this isn't a porn. <laughs> He's a very sweet guy who doesn't smoke weed. My friends were so excited to hang out with 50 Cent and we were like in New Orleans and I think I was doing a show. Yeah, I was performing and, and I wa- walking in the street with him in New Orleans was like, wa- I mean, it was ridiculous. And then my friends were so excited to hang out with him and then he didn't even smoke weed and he doesn't drink. He was very childlike. He ate like kid stuff. Like Captain cute. Crunch? Like, yeah, like cereal and snacks. <laughs> Like, I remember he ordered a Sunday somewhere where, like, no one else was ordering a Sunday. you know? Like, <laughs> wait for who? You're like, is there a kid? Oh. Okay. Um, but so he was the- a very sweet man, and I never, I mean, he was the, su- the thing about him that was so surprising that how unthug-like he was. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, if he's eating cereal and having a Sunday, that's adorable. You know, he's America's most adorable rapper. <laughs> Isn't it just the cutest? <laughs> so we were we were just sort of briefly talking about dating, and I wanted to um, obviously your dating. I think your dating life is probably going to change now. Well, right? I'm not going to pay people when I break up with them anymore. <laughs> now I do this thing. I went on a couple dates. With a friend set me up with this guy and I went on a few dates with him and I was like, ah, and I'm trying to get rid of all my old bad habits, you know, because I could just feel like, look at a guy and be like, you're fucking belt. <laughs> and that's it. It's over. You know what I mean? Your They're, list of deal breakers is long. Long, long. And that's a protective, you know, shield that we create. But I mean, your toe goes in the wrong direction. Something's weird. I don't like it. You shave your chest hair and you're straight. I'm not interested. I don't like that for gay guys only. They only get to do that unless you're Greek or Armenian. And, and if you're not, then we need to talk about why you're shaving your chest. Every little thing, every little thing, you have to just bite your tongue and go, that doesn't define a person, like their fucking toe or, you know, or their bad genes. Like, that's not... Who do you think you are? And what I've discovered is that I want to remain single. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, the thing is, I am a very happy single person, so I have to, but I, it's okay to say that I want to be in a relationship. I'm allowed to say that. That's not needy. That's saying something that I want. I desire that. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, great too. But it's, it's better to be honest about it and not pretend Absolutely. I don't... I don't have any interest in that. I'd love to meet a guy that can ski and that can, you know, have it like travel the world with me. That's great. And if I don't, I'll just have to read, you know, more books. <laughs> Um, I actually dated a guy who had this pelvic, uh, this is a little off topic, maybe. That's all right. I love off topic. Uh, he, had, he was in a car accident and he had, uh, he, his pelvis got injured. And I didn't know this when I was dating him, but he was, I, I called him the cunnilingus savant because he was so yeah, good at it. Yeah, you write about him in your book. Yes. But it turns out that what happened was he had this pelvic injury when he was very young, like he was 19. So he had to learn other shit. And that's why he was so good at it. Like it was, you know. So like, what happened with the sex? <laughs> um, no, the, and the sex was good. He just needed to take Viagra, but oh, what um, a bummer for the actual sex part. But I don't penetration's not really my jam so much. <laughs> no, I mean I enjoy it. Like That's... I love it in the beginning, but it's like after a while there's chafing. 
I really like to be penetrated. <laughs> no, I enjoy it initially, yeah, but... I mean, I don't want... I mean, I like the whole sex... Like, I like all the things that have to do with sex if you're really, really into somebody, you know? Yeah. But I don't want some guy going down on me that I don't know that well. Like, I'd rather have sex with them. Right. That's how I feel. I think there's two schools of thought on that. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so... Uh, so I want... <laughs> so I wanted to talk about... Sorry about that. Um... So I love the way that you talk about children in the book. Um, I, you, you are, you, it's so simple and matter of fact. The sentence that I loved was, I've never had the urge and it wouldn't be a good use of my time. <laughs> and it was so perfect. And Jen, you know Jen Kirkman, right? Yeah, I love She wrote Jen. that amazing book called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. And it was all about her not having kids. And she had this amazing response to people who talked about why they think it's selfish when people don't have kids. Like, what's your response to those people? Well, it's selfish to not have kids? I think I'm doing the world a favor. Right. I mean, first of all, it's selfish. It's selfish to have children at this point. I mean, the population is out of control. We have climate change. So I'm doing everyone a favor by not having a child, by not making another loudmouth bitch, okay? People should be grateful. You'd think people would be saying, thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for not procreating. Um, I am able to help so many people in my life that I care about and strangers that I'll never meet that I care about. I'm able to do all of that because I am financially independent and that I don't have anybody relying on me. And if I was a mother, I think I'd probably really do it badly. And I think more people should understand that it's not necessary. It's not, you know, in 40, 50, 60 years from now, do you know how many women are going to not even have a partner and are going to have a genetically engineered baby that they made on a computer? I mean, that's where it's going. Like, the fact that we don't all need each other is, is bad and good. Let's just say hypothetically yes. that you meet the perfect man and he's hilarious and he's super hot and, and he he's can slightly ski, older and he than can you. Ski. And he can ski. He doesn't have to be older. He could be 40 to 50. And he has a kid. Oh. <laughs> good delivery. That was good. I was in it. I was like, yeah, what? I wouldn't, I've done that before. I'm very, you know, like, I, I, I like that. And, but I've done that before and I stayed in a relationship way too long because of his kids because they were like little, like little sisters to me and I, and I really did care about them. They were, they were like older. They weren't little kids. Uh, no, I wouldn't disqualify somebody for having a kid. Obviously, people make mistakes. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book called Hot Parenting Tips. <laughs> Where I tell everybody what I think they're doing wrong because I am very perspicacious. I can see it all. And some of these kids are such assholes. iPads and assholes. Yeah. An iPad equals an asshole kid. When are people going to get... It is... I mean, I was at my friend's house the other day and he was like... She was like, I'll take away your iPad. And this is like the level she's talking. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, mommy, you're not taking it. He's seven. And I'm like, oh my God just based on his reaction about it being taken away alone, like, I remember playing Super Mario Brothers till, like, three in the morning, you know? I've been addicted to things, and when they told me to get off of it, I knew to get off of it. I wasn't like, hey, cunt, get out of my room to my mom. <laughs> okay, well, this sounds like a good time to take a break. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Well, there's a great story, and you've probably already talked about this a million times, but there's a great story in Are You There Vodka, I think, about you babysitting at 12 for a 14-year-old and taking him down. Oh, yeah. I used to babysit. I I started a babysitting ring in a Martha's Vineyard because once I realized my parents had no money and no bank account, I was like, "Uh, I'm getting a job. And I was 12, so I started this babysitting ring, and I'd call all the hotels on the island in Edgartown, which was where my parents' house was, and I'd say, I'm a babysitter. I'm a a summer resident. Please call me if you have couples that want to go out. Blah, blah, blah. I said I was 14 because at 12, my tickets had already come in, and I did look (laughs) like I was 14. I mean, I looked at like I was 14 when I was eight. Okay, so I baby. So they were like, "Oh, we have a son who's 13," and I was like, "Perfect." So he was older than me, and I was babysitting him because I was really 12. And then he went nuts on me. He had something, whatever people have, ADHD or ADD or whatever. And not to diminish it, I know it's a real thing, but he definitely had something like that. And we ended up like in a wrestling match somehow. And I put him to bed and yelled at him. Well, no, you were on him and you used your knees to keep his chest down on the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was the worst. (laughs) And then the father, parents come home and I was like, he was terrible tonight. I don't know if I want to come back here. Like immediately rejecting them before they could find out that I was not fit to be babysitting. But I ran it like a mafia ring. Like my sister Shoshana wanted in on it. She's older than me. She's like, I want in on some of that babysitting money because I'd make all this money. I had like eight different families that I was rotating. I'd do it every day, Monday through Sunday. I'd go and people loved it. And so my, I started making so much money, I would double book myself. And then I let my sister in on it, but I would only give her a cut, not the full. <laughs> and then at the end of the summer, my dad's like, give me all that money. Where's that money you've been stowing away in that cigar box? And I was like, 
don't fucking worry about it. And he's like, Chelsea, if you made money on doing that babysitting, you need to share it with the family. You know, I just want to see how much you made. You're going to have to give me some. I was like, you're not getting any of my money. And don't ever ask me for money until I have a lot of it. <laughs> so, I, you know, my dad was like that, like shystery. So that was so disappointing because it's like, what do you mean you're going to take a little kid's money? Like, why? And, you know, so that kind of stuff is, is a bummer. But what I learned, because my dad died this year, this past year, what I learned was, and I was really kind of, like, disappointed in my dad for a lot of reasons after my mom passed away. But what I did realize was how important it is to just remember people when they are at their best, not at their worst, yeah. you know? And for me, learning about empathy made me understand my dad and what he must have gone through losing his oldest son like no man does recover from something like this you know they didn't have the vocabulary they didn't have the wherewithal to understand how to weather that storm my mom somehow was able to find joy and be in pain at the same time my dad was one-dimensional it was like no my boy is dead there's no more fun to be had game over, life over, I'm going to be angry for the rest of my life. And like, he stood like that for the rest of his life, pissed at the world, and the world was out to get him. And he wasted the rest of his life. He was terrible after that. But you did come to a place for him. It was after you left and went to California. There's a great story in the book about, you know, them picking you up, I think, at the airport. And yeah. your father brought you at nine o'clock in the morning some vodka that he put on the table at McDonald's. Yeah. We were driving up to the vineyard, and once I moved to L.A., you know, you get away from your parents, and then you're like, oh, I do love them. Like, you just, we all needed a time out. We just needed a break from each other. We had been through too much, and we didn't get, go through it the right way. We didn't talk about it. We just, my parents tried to talk about it, but I would be like, my mom would trick me into talking about Chet. She'd be like, do you ever think about, I'm like, don't talk about Chet, he's dead. And then I'd go get on my bike and ride my bike, you know, for like, you know, three hours, and then at a certain age, I started masturbating on my bike, so that took even longer. <laughs> and then I was like, what can I, else can I do on these bike rides? Oh. And then... I just realized, you know, that I love... My dad's not perfect. None of us are. Like, I have such judgment. You throw such heavy judgment around sometimes. And usually the things that we can't stand in people are the things that we hate the most about our own thing, you know, ourselves. And we all know that's true. It is. It's always true. What I don't like about him are the things I didn't like about myself. And, you know, and, and I didn't like that he was cheap or that he was a liar and probably screwed people over financially. That gave me something to work against. I will never be that way. So I'm overly generous. I always take care of everybody. I never lie, cheat, or steal. Ever. I mean, I lie sometimes, but, you know... <laughs> you have to Just survive. because to save a conversation from happening. It's just like, just, no. You know? Right. I mean, so what was it when you sort of came back to your parents? Because you had had a hard time with both of them. And then you came back after you'd been away for a while and you sort of actually yeah. sort of loved them again. My dad kind of had a sense of humor again. Like enough time had passed. And some, for some reason, being on Martha's Vineyard, for some reason, when I went away, our relationship, our dynamic shifted. And I think he realized he had missed so much time with all of us because he was so angry trying to sue the people my brother was with when he went hiking. His best friend from school, he drove him out of town. And he had no money. My dad, he emptied his bank account suing, suing people for nothing. Never winning a suit. And... And so I think he just kind of was like, wait, where's, where is she? You know, we had a very close relationship and it just it fulminated. 
So, I mean, I think that it's interesting because you're doing all this work now, this mindfulness work, and you're trying to be more positive. And and what's interesting is that you obviously there were a, you had a complicated relationship with your dad, but in some ways, and even Dan, your therapist said he in some ways your dad was a really smart guy. And one of the things that he said to you was that you should take something away from every conversation that you have. Like, take one piece of good information away from every conversation that you have. Um, which I think is brilliant, and it sort of, it feels to me like it's he's in cognitive behavioral therapy land with that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, thinking positively. If someone were to take one message from your book, what would you want that message to be? Not to have a spoiler, but... Um, to know that A, you're not alone. Whatever you're going through, there are millions of other people that are going through something like you. We all think we're alone in our pain. We all think we can't share it. We all think we're going to be tougher than the next person or we're not tough enough. But we're all in this together. So like, look around and reach out and help somebody because it's helpful to know you're not alone, you know? And, it's, and, it's, and it doesn't have to be dark and, and crazy. You have to go through the hard stuff to know, lean into opportunities and know that there's room for growth. Anytime something shitty happens now, I sit and I'm like, all right, how can I handle myself in this situation in a good way, in a positive way? Get rid of your ego. Get rid of your fucking phone all the time. Stop trolling Instagram and having mindless thoughts about other people's lives and get involved in your own fucking life. You know, and some of these... Some of these things are so obvious to say or hear, but to practice, it is a practice. You have to get up and be like, I'm going to be kind and good and decent today. And then after a while, you don't have to try anymore. You just are. You wanted to... uh, Yeah, yeah. This This has been such a fun night. We've watched this evolution, I feel like. And now we'll... uh, I know that you wanted to read a little bit of the book I just want to read something to close out the show for you guys. First of all, this is so nice to be in a theater that's intimate where I can... Well, now I can see you. I couldn't see you for a while, but now I can. And it's just... It's so nice to be here with you. So thank you very much. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. To know that I'm going through something and not try to keep circling around it, hoping to avoid going through it. Sitting and experiencing and feeling and not running. To understand that things take time and to be okay sitting with my pain. To understand the only way through something is through it. Not to rush through life, hopscotching over or around it. No one is fully cooked. No person is complete. I didn't know then that my brother's death was defining me. I define me. No event or person does this. I define me. I decide who I am and how I'm going to behave, and I choose to be better, to look more carefully, to trudge deeper, to think about other people's past and not judge someone for doing or handling something differently than I would, to understand my limitations, my shortcomings. That is my growth edge. I decide to be better. We can all decide to be a little bit better. Thank you, Portland, for coming out tonight. Really appreciate it. I had such a great time here tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Life Will Be the Death of Me is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids playroom or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.